Amen. Well, if you've been with us for the past number of weeks and months, um, myself and Richard and a few others have, have been preaching, um, and, and the, the theme of the Holy Spirit has just continued to rise to the surface. You know, when we're, when we're living lives that are balanced believers, did you know that as balanced believers, the Lord will highlight a specific emphasis for a season? And it's because he wants to do something unique. It's a little bit like you have a diet and you need a little extra vitamin D for a season. And I believe that in this particular season, he is bringing a, a correction as well as a rejuvenation in our experience with the Holy Spirit. And no matter what your perceptions might have been previously, no matter the abuses that you might have seen in churches or ministries, we believe that giving a framework of a healthy theology and a healthy way to experience God actually opens us up to greater encounters in and with and through Him. And so we are hungry to see God move in His presence. We are a people that want to see personal igniting within us, a personal revival, as well as a corporate revival in this body where we are alive and flowing with the things and power of the Holy Spirit. And then that move of God goes into the city and pours out. And um, then the nations will come and taste of the goodness of God through God's people really, really representing him well. That's what we're all about. And so we've been preaching on the Holy Spirit. Last time I preached, it was on being prepared for God to move, both as individuals and as a whole body. We talked about one of the, the saddest things to observe is how believers over time lose their, their sense of awe and wonder of God, and they often fall into a routine rather than an active, alive love for God, that somewhere along that journey, they have lost their first love. But I believe that the main reason that believers are falling out of love and passion is because they've lost their awareness with the presence of God. For whatever reason, on our end, it's on our end that the distance was created. But no matter how excellent our church service is, no matter how spectacular the production or the preaching is, there is nothing that will satisfy your heart cry because that's a heart cry for him and him alone. It's his presence. And so today, I want to continue this conversation, and I want to preach on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You guys ready? Um, I, I actually shortened this this morning. I had a whole thing planned out, and I was going to go into it all, and I just woke up and felt like the Lord said, let's take a risk today. Let's shorten this and then allow some time for an experience with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So maybe you could even start to prepare your hearts for what God wants to do in this space. When the Holy Spirit is, is pouring out in a great measure in our services, there are four main attributes of Jesus that are on display. When the Holy Spirit decides to show up in a tangible way, where there, there's a move of his presence in this place. There's four main aspects of Jesus that are on display. Number one, his power. Number two, his love. Three, his wisdom. And fourthly, his purity. It's the power, love, wisdom, and purity of Jesus that are on display 
as the Holy Spirit takes over and has his way in a space. These are the hallmarks of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when we encounter these great moves of the Spirit, the whole point is all to bring an active encounter with the beauty and wonder of Jesus. Jesus is the person of revival. He is revival personified. The outpouring of the Spirit is when God's presence becomes radically manifest. It's evident. It's all-consuming, that much more open to those who are in a room. It's the awareness of his nearness that becomes the most evident factor. And though God is always present, it's his promise that he's never going to leave us, he'll never forsake us, but the manifestation of his presence becomes especially evident, and a whole company of people are dramatically impacted. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It's drawing out a hunger for him that much more. And how many of you know that in the kingdom, a kingdom truth is whatever you are eating, you will become more hungry for? Positive or negative? If you are eating of something, you will have an appetite for that much more. And so it is with God. As we are experiencing and feasting upon him, there is a hunger that is stirred up within the saints to experiencing him that much more. And so there are times when God shows up in such a way that the musicians can no longer play, the singers fall to their knees in silence, the preachers pause their agenda and their teaching, all the good Christian activities that we've planned are halted. And why is that? It's because God is here. It's in that place of his presence that nothing else really matters. All else fades away into comparison and we connect with what we were really born for, to encounter the living God in his glory. In that place of the outpouring of his presence, schedules suddenly don't matter. The things that we were worrying about all week, the stress, the cares, they quickly fade away and the air becomes pregnant with possibility and hope. The need to do something in our meeting to somehow qualify, that was a good church service, wasn't it? That pressure of performance and critique is stripped away. And the spirit is the one who guides us into the heart posture of returning to the altar, laying ourselves before him in surrender. There may be confession, repentance, a desire for purity, and righteousness permeates the atmosphere of our true heart cry as they are revealed. It's in those moments of his presence that are so thick and tangible that all of a sudden physical healings just start happening in the room without even someone laying hands on someone to pray, but just the awareness and power force out any aspect of darkness as the kingdom is ushered in. Individuals' minds that are cluttered and confused are freed as God delivers them from evil. When the presence of God increases in this capacity, 
there becomes far less for us to do. And we just lean in to his promptings and we simply learn to respond to him. If it's a dance, he is definitely taking the lead and we just get to follow. It's that recognition that he is here. The Lord is in this place. Let's turn together to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. This story is in the early days of Jesus' ministry. He was traveling around a region called Galilee, close to where he, he grew up. And early on in his ministry in Luke 5, he came to the shore of the Sea of Galilee, which is a lake, and a crowd of people were wanting to listen to him preach. Their, their ears had been turned. They're like, what is this truth? Is this man a prophet? I've never heard such words of life before. So they start to gather, and they're here at the shore of the lake. And, and right by where he's standing, he sees two fishing boats. One of them belongs to Simon Peter. And Jesus hops into the boat, and he instructs Peter to just let him a little distance from the shore. And that way, whether it's good acoustics, or maybe he just needed a little space to breathe from all the crowd trying to, to get in there and, and be healed and to, to be ministered to, for whatever reason, he backed the boat up just a little bit so that he could teach to the people gathered at the shoreline. So he taught from the boat, and when he finished, he instructed Peter to throw out his nets into the lake. Now, now this would have been a little bit annoying probably to Peter because these fishermen had fished all night long and not caught a single thing. They had thrown out their nets time and time again. These were experts. They knew the sea. And so they did what they always did, but they caught nothing. And so here was Simon Peter interacting with Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, Simon, why don't you go to the deep side of the boat and throw out your nets to see what you catch? And Simon's like, thank you for that. We've been fishing all night, haven't caught a thing. But because Jesus had asked, Peter decided he would obey. The nets became so full of fish that the nets began to break. They called the other boat that was next to them uh, for the other fishermen to help, and both boats were so full of fish that they began to sink from the weight of all of the fish. The very next statement from Jesus is this. He says, from now on, you're going to be catching men. That's interesting. You're going to be catching men. He's referring to evangelism. Isn't it fascinating that this was the visual that Jesus chose of what it looks like for an evangelistic anointing to come upon his church? This is the picture that he chose. A net exploding with fish is now the new standard. This is not a small trickle of souls being saved over time. This is a miracle, a move, an outpouring of the Spirit, and a suddenly, a massive gathering of souls coming in by the power of God. So what's Peter's response? Let's look in Luke 5, verse 8. 
When Simon Peter saw this, he saw this miracle of provision take place. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore. And here's what they did. They left everything and they followed him. Look at what Peter's response is to the demonstration of power, a demonstration of provision and goodness. His response wasn't an immediate, thank you, God, we've been searching all night, we needed the money. He he fell to his knees in confession. When he was confronted with the goodness of God for provision, repentance was his immediate reaction. Jesus had not even spoken a sermon to him at all. He just displayed power. When God's power is revealed to us in this way, it is drawing a line in the sand. Did you know that power, the power of God, draws a line in the sand of your life? And when you witness his power, you can either be for what you just experienced, or you can be against it. Maybe you're offended. Maybe it doesn't fit into your grid or to your boxes. And when God's power is revealed into a setting, it very well may cause division. Why is that? It's because his power makes us be confronted with a choice. And some places and churches actually avoid the power of God because they're afraid of division. They're afraid of the mixed response of the people when God is showing his power. The power of God brings us to a choice. For Peter, he saw the demonstration of power and he stepped over the line in the sand. He decided to give his entire life to follow Jesus no matter the cost. Something within him leapt And he made that that final decision to follow hard and fast after this man named Jesus. It was the partnering of the Spirit of God with the invitation that was right in front of him. And so he chose to leave his past lifestyle and follow the lifestyle of revival. It's also notable that this was a miracle of provision. It was the goodness of God on display. And the prophet Hosea in chapter three, verse five, prophesied that in the last days, people will fear God because of his goodness. They will fear God because of his goodness. This is what happened to Peter. God's goodness was shown in that moment. The fear of God was tangible. God is real and God is here. And the response, was falling to his knees with a true heart change. I believe that in our lifetime, we are going to witness more and more of God's power on display. He will reveal his goodness 
and the fear of the Lord will come into situations. But this kind of fear of the Lord that causes us to tremble doesn't, doesn't make us want to push away from God. The fear of the Lord in its truest form is an invitation and a drawing near to him. You can feel it from your very core that by the fear of God, you want to be closer to him in his majesty, in his authority, in his power. In fact, you get to a place where you're like, I don't want to live a single day away from the depths and the power of who God is. I'm crossing that line and there's no going back. It is a hunger that becomes manifest daily within you. So you're no longer waiting for God to show up in a church service just so you can have a goose bump and have a moment of experiencing a chill. It becomes a lifestyle of personal revival where the hunger meets a joy and a peace and a righteousness that are beyond words. It's the Prince of Peace that decides to make his home within you. And you've actually tapped into the very atmosphere and life breath of heaven. That's what we're after. This is a kingdom lifestyle, a lifestyle of revival, a lifestyle of Jesus. And so this is what Peter partnered with and decided there's no going back. Maybe they even left their fish in the boats. I don't know. It says they left everything to follow him. The very thing that they had been hoping for the very answer to their prayer suddenly didn't even matter. And I think that's a shock for us because sometimes we're living this life and we're making it about the thing. I need Jesus for fill in the blank. Jesus, I'm clinging to you because I need a spouse. Jesus, I'm clinging to you because I need a new idea for this project because I really feel like you've called me to this and so I, I really am clinging to you for this reason. There's actually nothing wrong at all for being desperate to cling to Jesus. But I want to question whose glory are you doing it for? When you've actually laid down your life on the altar, he might, he might strip everything away or he might fill the very thing that was there in the first place. But this time it's drenching with the anointing of the Spirit. And then you remain open-handed. I think about that with even this church. I've been processing that recently. Just God likes to mess with me. He's like, what if I just called you away from L.A.? It's always been your heart cry. I'll go anywhere. Send me anywhere, God. Send me, I'll go. Let him go, let him go. You know that song? Audrey knows the song. Thank you, Audrey. That helps me out. Thank you. Send me, I will go. Now, when you've invested in something and you've given your life for it, that's a beautiful thing. Is God asking me to lay this down and leave? I really don't think so, so don't be nervous. But do you get that it's a heart posture? It's remaining, remaining open-handed. This church is not mine. I've invested my all in it. I'm not entitled to anything. This belongs to Jesus. 
And so it's a heart check of that constant letting it go, putting it on the altar. Here it is once again, God. Where do I need to let go? Where have I begun to care maybe too much? Some of you know what I'm talking about, where you just care a little too much and it becomes stressful because all of, all of a sudden it becomes about building your kingdom, not the kingdom. Side note, sorry, a little spank maybe, but there it is. This is Jesus, the person of revival. When you've really had an encounter with God in this way, there's gonna be fruit in your life. When you've encountered his love in this capacity, it really does change you. You begin to be healed, free, and, and moving and operating with the love that chose to love you first. This kind of outpouring of the Spirit floods our households. Reconciliation becomes the new normal because we lay down our pride and we partner with Jesus's compassionate humility. Our homes have a new fragrance. Our workplaces become an opportunity to pour out this same love. And we have a new set of eyes. Our work is no longer a setting just to get through to make money, nor is it really about us and our own successes. We have learned to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and a selfless servant leadership takes root within us. Those in our spheres really are confronted with the atmosphere of heaven. Your workplace becomes an invitation for encountering Jesus. It's the fruit of his presence that is the drawing to himself in ways that maybe you haven't previously been able to connect with him deeply. It's a hunger to be in the word. It's a desire to grow with other believers and to sharpen one another in powerful community and, and drawn into times of intimate worship and thanksgiving. This is the beauty and the awe of Jesus alive in your life. It's giving of yourself on the altar and letting him burn within you. It's a daily surrender to his will to let him move through your life because you've gladly laid down so that he can abound within you. This is the life of Jesus that is alive in you. Louisa, would you come forward? All right, there it is. We're gonna take some time now. You can stay seated. So I want to just take time. God's been moving in this house the last several weeks in a unique way. And so rather than just rushing on to the next thing or the next topic, we want to be in the very place that God is wanting us to be in. And we're a church body that is willing to take risk over being comfortable. We're willing to step out in faith and to see God's power 
when maybe not everyone understands what's going on, but we have the Holy Spirit that loves to guide us and teach us into what he's doing. And so I want to even just ask maybe some of our ministry team people, um, senior leadership team, core team, just stay seated for now, but maybe just tap into what you feel like God might be doing in this time. I really don't have anything planned. And that's kind of the point. So let's pray together and see what God wants to do. Holy Spirit, we love when you pour yourself out. We love when Jesus is revealed. We love when the purity of God, his power, his love, his compassion are on display. So we ask that even now, that we would be a people that learn to flow with you. Would you come and have your way in this time, whether it be through ministry or silence or shouting or whatever you want to do in this space. So let's take a moment and listen as a church. The first area of ministry that I feel like the Lord just showed me, I saw all these faces of individuals who were in front of their earthly father, but there was a disconnection. A big power cord was disconnected. And so the result in your life could be a variety of ways. It could be shame. It could be that you just don't know the love of a good father. If you feel like there is some sort of disconnection, maybe you haven't even had an earthly father in your life. But I want to take a moment and minister over that because I saw the Lord wanting to connect to him and plug into him as a father that you've never experienced before. So I want to take a moment and if that's you, if, if you're longing for a, a connection with Father God because you haven't had that in the natural, in whatever way, emotionally, physically, would you actually go ahead and stand up where you are? Where you are? I'll give you just another moment.
actually, I feel like you're, what I saw in the vision was coming forward here. So would, would you, if you feel um, that, that you're ready to do that, would you come forward to the front? And I would love some of our leaders to come and we want to pray over you. I'll just have Louisa, whatever you feel led to play. I just want to take a moment and, and pray over everyone. And we thank you right now, God, just by the power of the Holy Spirit, you, we feel like you're highlighting this and you want to bring a ministry. And so I pray that even right now, there would be a, a new day starting today of being connected to you, Father, in a way that these individuals have not had in their lives. I thank you that it doesn't have to be 70 years of trying to connect with Father God, but that you can do this in a moment where they feel known and seen through and through in their lives. And so right now, just this, this sense of um, really fatherlessness Emotionally or, uh, emotionally or spiritually or physically, we just lay that down before you, God, and we say, would you be a father to us? And I call forth that spirit of adoption to arise within you, that you would experience that in your heart, in your life, to a level that you didn't think was earthly possible. we speak right now the life of the Father to you in Jesus' name. The life of the Father to you in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come against anything that is in the way of experiencing the Father. Any walls that we have built up, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one that, that comes and, and breaks every yoke of slavery and heaviness in our lives. And we thank you that we are safe with you, God. That just as we read in Hosea 3, that it's by your goodness that we experience the fear of the Lord. And so I pray this activated in your life, activated in your life in Jesus' name, that experience of God as a good father, that you can truly cry out to him, Abba, And just each and every one of you, even if you're sitting at your seat, would you, just, would you just see in your spirit the Holy Spirit come like a seal upon your hearts even right now? Do that deep work within us, God. Thank you that this truly is a new day 
and into a place of seeing you in a fresh and powerful connection that the days and weeks to come we will have a new found connection in you that is unshakable that we will be able to hear affirmation and love pouring out from you into our lives in jesus mighty name amen amen